This week, my wife Deb and I celebrated 24 years of a happy, happy marriage. This is why I decided to record this very special episode of Headspace. If you're single, looking to find the love of your life, or married, looking to build a family that lasts, don't miss this episode. If you want to build a high-impact life, who you marry will determine the very direction and the quality of your life. And although it may seem that me marrying Deb was winning the lottery, which it was, it was not just sheer luck. Today, I want to bring to you, honestly, the best of the best that I've learned in 24 years. It's not one move, five moves. It's 17 moves that Deb and I made to arrive at a place of a flourishing, thriving deliriously happy marriage that we have right now. If you watch this video to the very end, you'll see amazing footage from our wedding and a song that I wrote for Deb before I even met her. Here we go. On September 4th, 1999 in Moscow, Russia, I married the love of my life in front of 1,800 of our closest friends and members of the press. It was a big wedding. To be honest, both Deb and I were sort of least likely to succeed in romance and marriage. I come from three generations of broken homes, literally almost 100 years of despair and dysfunction when it comes to romance. Until we made the moves that I'm about to reveal to you, we're gonna get detailed, granular, we're gonna go into the weeds of this, because I cannot wait for you and the 10 friends you're gonna forward this video to, to be blown away by the simplicity of these principles. Now, it's gonna be countercultural. It's gonna be maybe sometimes controversial. I'm sure you're gonna have questions, so leave them in the comments on YouTube. I try to answer every single one of them. Before we go into the 17 moves, I want to acknowledge the source of those moves. It is our faith in God and study of scripture. Now, if you're not a Christian and you're not religious, no worries. What I wanna do is I want to unpack this in non-religious terms so you can be blown away by how universally true these principles are in dating, romance, and marriage. Know exactly what you want and what you're willing to do to get what you want. At the time, when I was single, I was a successful entertainer and I was disgusted with the party scene. I was disgusted with myself. I wanted to find a wife that I can be married for the rest of my life. I wanted a family. That's what I wanted. And I was willing to do anything to get that and to understand how to get that. Know what you don't want. Negative emotions can be remarkable motivators. They will light a fire in your heart. What I didn't want is to experience divorce. As a matter of fact, I undermined and sabotaged every relationship because I was so fearful of divorce because I had a front row seat to my parents divorce and it terrified me and I remember the shift that happened I was speaking at church one time and I stood there and I said this is what happened to my family three generations of broken homes this will end with me this negative emotion this heightened sense of I don't want this ever to happen in my life has been a fuel and a motivation for me throughout my marriage and it's worked really well throw away or heavily edit the list you know, that list that we all have here, or even written down somewhere of the qualities that we're looking in a person, the priorities that you have. I got with a friend and we compared lists and I literally threw away my list and adopted his list. It changed the optics of how I look at women. Get hands-on, lifelong guidance every step of the way. When I was single, I basically was hanging around married couples, three of them that I really admired, and I would just ask them all kinds of questions. I would observe how they interacted, how they dealt with conflict. I would even ask them, hey, how do you find each other? How do you know this is the person you wanna marry? Everything, I was so, so curious. And then before we got married with Deb, we got with a couple every other week where we talked about everything. And we're, of course, from two different countries, there were some language barriers. It served us for the rest of our lives, and to this day, we get together with couples. 24 years later. Trust the process. 
loneliness, lack of clarity, not seeing someone on the horizon can be a source of anxiety and frustration. You know, I had to go to another continent to find a wife. But if you are patient, if you grow, if you're faithful, things come together. Become the quality person you want to marry. I say this to single guys that I mentor all the time. If you are the father of the woman you're interested in, would you approve of her dating somebody like you? I'll tell you a funny story. Before Deb and I met, we almost met two years before at a conference. And she was actually interested in talking to me and she was making her way to meeting me. And literally my body language and my lack of maturity was so self-evident that she sort of said, eh, I don't need this and walked away. Good for her. Because two years later, we met and sparks were flying. Two years before, I wasn't ready. That's it. Of course, being attracted to each other is really important. But you know what's going to keep the chemistry going for life? Common values. Deb and I share very specific common values. We play from the same playbook. When things get misaligned, we can call each other, hey, let's get back to the playbook. Everything changes all the time, but the values don't change. And because of that, the chemistry not only stays, but it keeps growing and growing and growing. And sparks are flying still 24 years later. So how do you know the other person is authentic in their values? Reputation. Just ask their friends. I asked Deb's friends. She asked my friends. They had full permission to disclose the good, the bad, the ugly. Everything is done better in community anyway. And it's actually quite liberating to have no secrets. Look for someone who has strengths that you don't have, but not so different that you have nothing that overlaps. So Deb and I have this sweet spot. We have complementary strengths, and there's a lot of things that we really love doing together. You know what makes a great couple? Two people that take full responsibility for their lives. You have to develop relational skills, coping skills. If you're unhappy as a single person, you're not going to be happy in a marriage. A happy marriage is two people that actually know how to be happy individually. This was and still is crazy in modern culture, but abstain from sex before marriage. Why? Just one of the reasons is we enter into the state of limerence. It's this euphoric state where we don't see the other person objectively, and it could last for months and even years, and then we wake up one day and we ask ourselves what happened. Deb and I abstained from sex. Our first kiss was on our wedding. Our first lovemaking was on our wedding night. It was glorious. It was special. It made it even more special. And it's still glorious to this day. Another thing most people don't understand is that sex is not just physical because you are not just a physical being, you're a spiritual being as well. So if you're using sex to scratch a physical itch, you're not doing it right. And you won't experience the full glory of what sex was designed to be for you unless you align all these things, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, the relational, in a faithful marriage that was designed to last for a lifetime. That is where the gold is. Never ever use the D word divorce. It's not in our vocabulary. It's not on the menu. It's not an option. Our friends know this. We know this. Our children know this. And it creates this environment of safety, security, and confidence that we're building this family for a lifetime. So how do you make sure the D word never comes up? Get help. Marriage counselors, coaches, mentors, pastors, friends, whatever it takes, have people in your life, have systems in place throughout your life to maintain and help and nurture your marriage. Things will go south every once in a while, but you know what? If you have the systems in place and the right people in place, it dissipates and you'll have a great marriage. Healthy conflict is essential for growth. If you show me two marriages, one that never fights and one that always fights, I'll show you two dysfunctional marriages. Learning how to fight well is essential for health, for flourishing, 
flourishing because you learn how to communicate, voice your needs, you learn how to compromise. The healthy part is not harming, shaming, or disrespecting each other. Learn how to fight well, and you'll have a great marriage. You will never stop growing closer and closer together. Develop common habits and rhythms together. In the words of James Clear, you don't rise to the level of your aspirations. You fall to the level of your systems. We have so many, but I'll list a few. We go to bed at the same time together every single night. We have a sync-up time every single week, a date time every single week. We have Sabbath. We rest and do nothing and delight in our friends and good food together every single week. We travel every year. We serve in missions. We do philanthropy together and many, many other things like that. My point is this. You develop these habits and it keeps your marriage in harmony, in sync, building things together. We've put a lot of effort into this, and it's not easy. And actually, it's not always economically advantageous. We have worked really hard on building things together. We planted a church, we started a couple of companies together, a nonprofit, and we don't play equal roles in those things. But the idea here is to create this tapestry effect where our lives are weaved together in ways that don't create this effect of parallel lives. And it's really paid off in our marriage, and I know it's not easy to do, but if you put your mind to it, you can do it. I can talk about this for hours, but I have to wrap up. So if you have questions, suggestions, please leave those comments on the YouTube channel. I try to answer all of them. Also, if you like this video, you might really like my newsletter. Go to christianrayflores.com, subscribe. Every weekend, I will post something full of good stuff. Videos, articles, books I'm reading, things like that. So about the video I promised in the beginning of the episode, backstory. I was single, I was sad, I was lonely. So the therapeutic thing for me to do as a musician is to write a song. So I wrote the song that it was sort of a prophecy directed to the woman that I haven't met yet. A few years later, I meet Deb, we start talking, I send her some of my music, and she just loves this particular song and keeps asking me, hey, what's this song about? It was written in Russia, I was living in Russia at the time. And I wouldn't answer the question until we started dating and then I told her. So I sang this to her at our wedding. And a couple of years back, I sort of re-recorded it and combined it with wedding footage. And this is what you're about to see. I hope you enjoyed and thank you so much again for watching this. I really, really, truly appreciate it because I want to share my heart, my experience and help you have an amazing life. Ты просто жди, слушай.
прощай тишину. Видишь, метель взвилась ввысь и скрылась, как тень. Слышишь, поет морозный Тебя